0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne uh Speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors, lose on the second half of back to back. Really, really impressive uh, effort by the Philadelphia 76ers who take care of business uh, at home. Honestly, you know, Raptors hung tight with them. First half, they were, they, you know, they were all right, um, you know, for the most part. But it just Philly was sort of always a bit of a step ahead, a bit of step ahead. And um you know this is probably one of the best games I've seen Embiid have against the Raptors I know he's probably had better like honestly I don't even know if he had better statistical outputs um than 28 points 13 rebounds 7 assists in 35 minutes as a plus 22 but it's the effort that he gave both ends of the floor um that just had the Raptors completely out of sorts I know it's not like the biggest surprise like the MVP had an amazing game um um But, I mean, at the same time, you know, we've seen the Raptors, you know, as sort of this David versus Goliath thing against um, Embiid. And and we've given them a lot of trouble. Uh, But the first two matchups against Joel, uh, last game, more so offensively, I think the Raptors had no answers at all uh, against what Embiid was doing. And then this game, the Raptors played a lot harder defensively, gave a lot of effort, showed a a bunch of different schemes. And Embiid was still really good offensively, but uh, killed them defensively as well. But, yeah, the Raptors lose 114 To 99, uh, Raptors fall to uh, two and four on the season. This is always going to be a tough situation to come into. Going into Philadelphia is not easy. Uh, Second half of back to back, the second time the Raptors have faced the Sixers, second half of back to back. So you could say, you know, it's a bit of sort of good fortune. The Sixers have been rested, but I mean, come on. I I think the Sixers, you got to give them the full credit, man. I think the way Nick Nurse has set them up here, um, you know, they look really, really strong. And, um, yeah, like they got some really, really nice performances from guys like Kelly Oubre, who was kind of the bulk of uh, Philadelphia's three-point shooting. He had a huge three in the corner um, in the fourth quarter there after an offensive rebound uh, after the Raptors did get a stop, and that came, that pushed it to about you know, 13, 14 with a couple minutes left to go. Uh, Oubre also had a bunch of uh, pull-up threes as well to start the quarter. Um, so he's been awesome. I can't believe the Sixers are getting this type of production from a man that they sign in September on the league minimum. Um, I, I obviously know that Kelly Oubre has not been this efficient in the past, but let's be real. He hasn't really played in serious teams, and also he hasn't played with talent as good as what the Sixers have to offer. Uh, and he slotted in really nicely. So uh, it, it was a tricky one. It was a tricky one. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't think there's too many, like, bad feelings about this game. I'm sure there's a bit of frustration watching NB sort of pummel you on both ends of the floor, and he's incredibly physical, and, you know, whatever, but I mean, hey, you you got to give it up. Like the Raptors had no answers for him, you know. And so, uh, look, uh, start with the positives, which was the start of the game. I mean, the way Scottie Barnes came out of this game, uh, shot like a bat uh, out of hell. Is that is that the expression? But like, yeah, seriously, Scottie was 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 incredible to begin this game. Um, you know, scored or assisted on the first fifteen points uh, for the game for the Raptors. I think Dennis uh, hit a mid range pull up. I think that was the only thing that interrupted. Um, that spell by Scotty but as he came out the game I mean it was just like wow like he was making literally every play and I think that uh yeah I mean right away a hard drive finish over Kelly Oubre um then Scotty draws a foul in the pick and roll trapping Oubre on his back uh drawing the foul very very subtle very very you know clever move you'd see that from a veteran um, uh, and you see that from a veteran guard, like a Chris Paul, for example, but Scotty actually, you know, snakes out pick and roll, keeps Uber on his back, draws a foul. Then Scotty pushes it, uh, in, in transition, um, and then gets an early paint touch. The ball rotates around. Then Scotty kicks it into the corner for OG and OG knocks down a corner three. All that came about because Scotty pushed the ball so quickly and touched the paint. Uh, then Scotty with something I haven't seen from him before, which was, you know, he had a semi-open look for three, and there was one defender there guarding him and Jakob. And, um, you know, Jakob's man, I think, Embiid, was sagged in the paint or something. Um, and so, Scottie up faked, like, pretended he was going to shoot that shot. They gave it up to um, Yak and then relocated. So, he just cut, like, maybe five steps towards his right. Uh, the defender was a little bit lost in that play. And Yaakov gave it back to Scotty, and Scotty knocked it down. Very smooth, no hesitation whatsoever. And then Scotty knocks down another wing three pointer. Then Scotty with an up fake drive around two uh, Sixers in the lane, and B comes over to help at the rim, and Scotty kind of j- throws like a almost like a sweeping jump hook, you know, almost like a sky hook kind of thing, but basically like um, a, a little soft short jumper uh, to get it over the shot block of Embiid. I mean, just that amount of energy alone was 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 ridiculous, and. Um, you know, it's a continuation of what he's done all season. I mean, he finished tonight. Um, I mean, he wasn't like that the rest of the game. I mean, if he was, he would have had like a 50-point game or something. But he still was awesome. The Raptors' best player tonight, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists uh, for Scotty Barnes. Unfortunately, the 3-point shooting tailed off. But I also think that's honestly, their legs started to fade in this one. I actually really like their ball movement once again. You know, they were able to play together as a team and um you know I, look it, there are going to be difficulties when you play against the Sixers but I thought the starting unit actually did really well uh, did a decent job of getting Jakob involved I think for me it would have loved to see Jakob finish a couple more I know that it's Embiid and I know that he's there for for um shot blocks and I'm not expecting Jakob to like dunk it on Embiid or anything but there were so many of like the, the little push floaters or like a little like uh, scoop layups and all that kind of stuff little like You know, footwork to get around and beat is my point. But Yak missed a lot of really open chippies, and I know he was four of eight. That's not a bad percentage at all. But realistically, based on the chances he got here, I would have loved for him to go at and beat a little bit more. Um, Just because of the fact that, like, what are you really supposed to do with him, right? He's killing you on both ends of the floor, anyway. So, would love to see that. But the Raptors' offense, at least for the starters, actually looked pretty smooth. Um, I think where the troubles came in was once again when the second unit, um, you know, entered the game. I, I, I just continue to be a little bit baffled by um, what's happening with uh, Gary Trent. I know he's, I mean, we all know he's a lot better than this. We've seen Gary have like two and a half really strong years with the Raptors, uh, especially as a scorer. And um, I know that the new system is challenging to do things other than score, maybe even get his own shot a little bit more uh, within a team context, within a system. but. I, I don't know. Strange things are happening with them. Like, he's not hitting free throws at all. Um, I think Gary, for his career, um, is, you know, uh, obviously, I mean, let me just look it up really quickly. Gary Trent Jr., for his career, is at uh, 82% from the free throw line. Last season, he shot 84. The season before that, 85. So, really reliable free throw shooter, as you would expect from someone who's such a good uh, overall shooter, right? Um, He's a guy, for example, if the Raptors line up for a technical foul, he goes to shoot that technical foul. Late in the game, you want the ball in Gary's hands when they go in intentional fouling situations because historically he's been that good free-throw shooter. He's been really off to start the year, Um, and I don't know what that's about really. Uh, But, yeah, coming into this game, he was 4 for 11 from the free-throw line. And, you know, I know it's not a huge sample, but he just keeps, you know, uh, missing these. And he had a play today where... Went to the line, missed back to back free throws, which is really rare to see from him. Had a situation where he had a wide open three. And and whatever. There was a late contest. But I mean, we've seen Gary knock down threes, you know, easily, even if they are contested. He's a very high level three point shooter, but he airballed the three. Like just and, and it was a mostly open look. And so I I'm not totally sure what's going on with him. I, I am happy to say that he settled in a little bit more, but there's a couple of times where I thought, especially for that second unit, Gary comes in and so much of the offense is directed towards him and, and not just like offenses and give him the ball and let him run, but like set offense, him coming off of screens, trying to make reads, making decisions. And it just felt like a couple of times he wasn't really making the right read. Like things like he would get he would keep a dribble, get around a pick and roll, get a switch, and then pick up the dribble way too early. Instead of keeping that dribble alive, seeing what's out there and then potentially either dumping it into the post against the mismatch or him continuing to make a play off the dribble. Just cutting off the dribble and holding, holding and then against ball pressure. I mean, Sixers team under Nick Nurse is definitely going to pressure the, you know, uh, the living heck out of the ball. So you're gonna you're gonna definitely need to absorb some of that. But decision making, I think, is just a little bit off. Um, when he got into the paint, uh, which was great, uh, he got three guys on him, and he tried to take it to the basket with Embiid there. I mean, if he, even if Embiid didn't come over and completely stuff him, um, you know, there was a real chance that Gary would have missed a shot considering how contested he was. Well, listen, if you're drawing three guys on a drive to the paint and you already touched it. That's a great time to to kick it out, right? But there's not those reads that you don't see that and I think that what really stalled out the Raptors offense is when the second unit came in. And listen, I think defensively the Raptors could have done better. I mean, early in the game, you know, it, it wasn't so much of um just just Embiid. Like Embiid was obviously doing his thing and the Raptors really couldn't really guard it that well. Um but I think what was less manageable was, like, seeing Tobias Harris break away for a bunch of transition layups. And whether that's bad floor balance, whether that's bad energy to start the game, whether that's just guys not picking up their assignments, um, that's a bad sign. That's a pretty bad sign. Like, you know, those are th- things that in the end, when you run the whole race, you look back on it, and you're like, damn, it's like f- five or six, like, easy transition points we gave up kind of for no reason. You know, um, I thought Chris Boucher came in and, and was also kind of um, iffy. Same Same with Gary as well. Um, you know, Chris just being a half step late to a couple of plays, chasing offensive rebounds just a little bit late, you know, trying to box out, trying to get rebounds a little bit late, double teams against Embiid. Um, you know, great idea. That was the whole scheme it was the Raptors. If Embiid was posting up, the Raptors would have their primary defender keep him away from the middle and force Embiid to spin to the baseline. And that's where the help is supposed to boom, catch him by surprise. Uh, But a little bit late on that. And then ends up fouling Embiid uh, and sending him to the foul line. And, yeah, the Raptors just, you know, second unit, I just didn't think was really, really there for them. Now, I, I think, um, you know, that's not to say that, like, you didn't get any production. You know, when MB came off the floor, I thought the second unit for the Raptors actually did pretty well to start the second quarter. Um, you know, you had uh, OG finding Chris Boucher for a slip to the basket, OG Euro stepping, um, you know, with uh, and then finding, uh, you know, Scotty Barnes for a, a shot. Malachi stealing the ball against uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias was trying to uh, isolate him one-on-one in the post. And to, uh, Malachi actually just picked his pocket and, like, uh, started a break, which was great. Malachi knocked out a transition three. Jalen McDaniels came into the game. Um, I know he wasn't going to be out long because Otto is not going to play back-to-back. So when Otto's out, you know, McDaniels comes back in, you know, against Philadelphia, which he did play the second half of last season with uh, until they tr- opted not to sign him. Uh, McDaniels you know you were stepping in the lane and finishing for his first basket of the season first basket as a Raptor um, but yeah I mean I don't know I, it still didn't really feel like at least like the second unit was like gaining that much momentum against them again just a couple of things that you just don't fully see executed you know like for example they had a lot of plays for Gary or not for Gary for Grady to to, to cut off the corner and then use a couple of screens or maybe even just make a hard cut out of the corner and receive the ball and then you know, uh, make a play from there, either getting downhill or pulling up for three or whatever, right? Um, but you, s- there was a number of plays where one uh, against, I think, Maxie. Yeah, Maxie was guarding Grady. Grady was trying to fl- uh, flash from the corner. And a- as he came up, Maxie jumped the passing lane, got ahead for for a layup. Uh, next time down, they try to run a similar thing for Grady at the same corner. This time he's getting guarded by De'Anthony Melton. And Melton pokes the ball free, and, and this time it wasn't a steal, but the Raptors do have to reset their offense, and that play gets blown up. Uh, and then, yeah, when Grady was, you know, trying to play defense, you know, a straight line drive blow-by from Kelly Uber. So, again, I, I just didn't think the second unit was really giving the Raptors all that much. At best, I would say the first half it was a, net, a neutral, and, and that kind of was... That kind of was like in line with the starters. Like the starters were kind of slightly being outplayed by by Philadelphia starters. But yeah, I think third third quarter came around, um, and you know, I, I you know, you see a couple of adjustments from both coaches, which was really fun to watch. Um, I know we 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 have that capacity um, to be more creative as a defensive group. Uh, I know that that's obviously what Nick does. I'm not too surprised that Nick went through a couple of adjustments as well, uh, mostly with his rotation, which really did work. And I'll get to that in a second. But to me, what was interesting was seeing. Darko tried a couple new things. So first half, he had Dennis on, you know, uh, Tyrese Maxi, and he had Jakob on uh, Joel Embiid. I got to credit Dennis. He did a better job of sticking closer to Maxi and, and limiting him from the three-point line. That's where he did the majority of his damage when the Sixers came into Toronto and scored 114 points was Maxey hit like seven threes. So many of those were pull-ups and, um, you know, uh, he finished with 30 plus points. This time around, the Raptors only limited him to three uh, three point attempts, which is all already really good. He didn't make any of those; those are all really like contested and harried or whatever. But uh, Maxi was still getting downhill, um, and he just has an incredible ability to get downhill. It's like he just he he's in he's the, his ability to burst from a standing position into like. Getting super low, putting the shoulder into the defender for a slight little bit of like you know neutralization of the shot blocker, and then extending and blasting up for the layup. I mean, it's just it's I don't know. He, he's like he might be the toughest driver in the league as far as guards go right now. It's it's like it's like him and and Shea honestly the, the ones that are coming to mind. And even with Shea, Shea does it with craft and finesse and stop and go and heses and you know footwork and step throughs. Maxie is just boom straight through you and it's like if you can do that to og and anobi of all people like you're you're doing a really good job so i I thought maxi was actually getting some freedom in the first half as well so what the raptors did was okay they went to og guarding maxi for the majority of the second half and that was kind of interesting i thought that would might be an impetus to switch more maybe the raptors did switch a little bit more uh but it did at least i think you know make maxi sort of think differently in terms of how he wanted to attack i think the you know well, the issue for the Raptors was just in the third quarter, like, you know, they couldn't really sustain their effort. Again, the starters were okay against them. Uh, but, um, you know, the second unit came in, and, and that's when it really started to struggle. And, you know, for for Darko, he continued to rely on the second unit versus when Nick Nick extended the minutes with Joel Embiid. And, yeah, I mean, they just had really little to go up against them, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I do appreciate that, you know, some of the guys are making some good plays. You know, I thought, you know, Dennis was a real organizer in this group. Uh, rotated over to, to take a charge for Embiid, for example. Dennis getting downhill. Nice little cut dribble. Uh, quick layup over Embiid. That was really impressive as well. Um, you know, Dennis with a quick, you know, push ahead. Um, and gets to, to Yakup for an and one. Uh, around Embiid, you know, that was nice. Uh, but, uh, again, like, once you start to see some of these guys come out, like, when Yaki came out the game when 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 Dennis came out the game and it was some of those other lineups that's when you started to see the crack show, especially as the Sixers continue to keep their their main guys on and I think to me the the disappointing thing maybe too is with the second unit is like look, I'm not asking for these guys to do things they can't do right like i think for for gary like i'm not i mean like he can make free throws. we know that historically that's been you know very very reliable for him. Uh, he can make catch and shoot threes instead of airballing them. You know that's something that I think he could do on a more consistent basis. Like I, I think you know, even uh, even taking away from some of the more like scoring aspects, I'm thinking about things like taking care of the ball and and not wilting under the pressure, um, boxing out. I mean, this is something that's been happening pretty much every game for this second unit. But Sixers just came in and out tough the Raptors. You know, and, and 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 I know that sounds really simplistic as as far as like you know basketball analysis goes, but like what do you, what do you say about Patrick Beverly coming to game and just snatching the ball from Alakai Flynn and then taking it in for a layup? And that gives him just even more of a confidence boost. I mean, I don't think Patrick Beverly needs any other incentive to, to be a human bed bug, um, other than, you know, what he enters the game with. But when you let him make his signature plays, uh, and then you let him bully you, um, like, what are you really supposed to do? You know, and Uber knocking down a couple of threes that kind of hurts, but you know, just a couple of things that just didn't look right to me. Like, you know, Chris Boucher at the end of the third quarter uh, made two cuts. And honestly, he was semi-open. Like, if he threw him the pass, like, you know, there was maybe a chance where the pass comes through and maybe a chance that he finishes. Like, I I wouldn't have minded if they passed to Chris. But two times in the span of a minute, he made a cut uh, to the basket and Scotty had the ball at the top and he didn't pass it to Chris. And then Chris started to show some bad body language and, like, slumped his shoulders and, and, like, you know, walked to the side. It's like... You know, stuff like that where it's like you're on the road. You're, you're already kind of getting bullied anyway. It's in, in the midst of a 9 nothing run. Like, you just can't do that, you know? And um and then even when Chris did get the ball, I think it was off, a, off an offensive rebound, tries to go up in traffic on a putback and ends up dropping the ball. And that actually allows the Sixers to break the other way. Uh, and I think Furkan Corkman gets an and-one right at the buzzer. And so that is, you know, the Raptors, even though they battled really well in the third quarter, the starters did well. They went from, you know, being in the game, being down single digits, to being down 13. And that was just a really, really, really tough stretch. And, you know, you kind of figured that they weren't going to really, uh, you know, come back against that. Um, you know, especially because, again, start of the fourth quarter. You, you didn't even show it on the broadcast. So I'm not even sure what happened. But, you know, to start the fourth quarter, as they're just lining up for the inbound, and the Sixers have the ball. Uh, Chris Boucher gets called for a technical talking trash to Patrick Beverly or something. It's like, you got to keep your composure, man. Like, now you're down 14. Right, like you, you go from being in a manable situation to giving him a nine nothing run, to giving him an and one, to giving him a technical as well. Like the bench, these are again, I'm, I'm not asking them to do things they can't do, but you know, the second unit consistently has some of these issues. And um, you know, I, honestly, like at that point, the game was already pretty much done. I would say, at least to credit, the only credit I would give to the bench is that they stopped the bleeding to some extent. You know, Malachi knocked down a corner three, um, which was which was really nice. Raptors moved the ball well. To get him that corner three. Then Malachi, the next play down, up fake, drew uh, a, a jump from Patrick Beverly. Uh, he bit on the fake. Malachi gets in the middle of the floor, to with OG, wide open in the corner. He couldn't really finish it. Uh, then Chris Boucher gets fouled, running ahead of the play after the Raptors turn the Sixers over and Patrick Beverly undercuts him and Boucher's holding his back. But still, he goes to the foul line. He makes both. So back, I think, cut it down to 12, which puts you within that range. You know what I mean? Like it's within hope range. And I think that's where you really needed like a super strong push from your starters to to get yourself like fully back into the game. And that's where I was disappointed because, you know, in this game, it wasn't a lot of impact from Pascal Siakam. Um, I think, it, you know, on the offensive end, um, you know, you could say that Embiid was there and, and you know, he wasn't really getting into the, the same spots. Uh, that he typically would whatever I mean I think the bottom line is that he just wasn 't that effective uh, or that involved i mean sometimes he would he would make the right feeds and right plays i mean it 's not to say that he did nothing right he did you know he did a lot, a lot fine, he ran the transition fine uh or or well uh, he, he, he you know kicked it out for a couple of shots, you know he set up o g for a three for example, that was nice, um, but not as involved as you would expect you know what i mean he like, just didn 't really touch the ball all that much, and definitely just didn 't even necessarily get himself in those positions. I think more importantly, you know, you need him to knock down some key shots for you. And the Raptors had an open three for Pascal, uh, and he missed it. Um, You know, that was a little bit tough. Then reset, uh, you know, tried to get uh, a chance to sort of get downhill. And the late shot clock scenario, he's at the three-point line trying to put it on the floor, goal to the basket. Um, And it honestly reminded me a little bit of the Alex Crusoe play in in the overtimes uh, against the, the Bulls, where it was like, okay... You know, late shot clock, you got to create something, and he puts it on the floor against the guard, and this time Maxi strips him, and they go the other way, and they break, and uh, they score. So, it's a st- little stuff like that, where it was just like, you know what, that little bit of a push could have pushed them over the top, and that's where you need to start to really come in, and I wouldn't say that's crunch time, you know what I mean? That's not crunch time, but in, in a baseball analogy, that would be like, you are up three, or you're down 3-2, and, uh, you know, you... You have runners on you know first and third with two outs, and you bring in your reliever, and you really need your reliever to get that out. It's not a save. It's not anything. Um, but it's a key moment. And instead he gives up a three run home run. That's kind of what happened here. And um, you know, I think that 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 part was a little bit tough. I also honestly I, I haven't seen Pascal get worked by Tobias Harris like that. Like Tobias Harris had a much better game than him, and I think Tobias has been really empowered. Obviously, the the the, the, the subtraction of James Harden from Philadelphia's lineup. Uh, has opened up shots elsewhere and opportunities elsewhere, and, and, and other guys are going to be primed to sort of take up that, that mantle. And Tobias, I thought, had an awesome game tonight. From the start, he was really ripping and going and having a good time. Um, and But even later in the game, even one-on-one opportunities, Tobias is sort of getting at Pascal, you know, drew Pascal's fifth foul on an and-one in a post. And, you know, just, just, a, just good physicality, post-work, pivots, basically what Pascal would do to Tobias in the past. And, um, yeah, Tobias gets in. And once Pascal picks up his fifth foul, there's a couple of plays he couldn't fully contest on. So I, I did I did think that you could have gotten a little bit more um, from him. But ultimately, like, look, I, I think, you know, for me, um, you know, that wasn't necessarily the reason why they lost. I just think that that was kind of the missing ingredient. If you were going to go up against these guys, you need a little bit more of that. But even if they did have that little burst from Pascal to tie the game and they got into a really close game in the last couple of minutes, I'm not sure that the Raptors had something – as good as what the Sixers had down the stretch because the Sixers just went to Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid pick and rolls um, for the last like five, six minutes. And this is honestly, this is why I said it in the last episode yesterday, the reaction podcast, uh, when the Raptors beat the Bucks. like, I mean, if I'm Adrian Griffin, why would I not run Damian Lillard, Giannis, Adenokounmpo pick and rolls? Like, give me one good reason not to run that like 40 times a game, right? Like, cause that's, that's not unstoppable, but it's, guaranteed to generate you advantages that you can play out of and get you better things than what this, the box ultimately did, which is a bunch of nothing. This game down the stretch, Nick Nurse, he's like, listen, I'm gonna let my stars cook. I'm gonna put the ball in Tyrese Maxi's hands. I'm gonna run a pick and roll with uh, Joel Embiid and I'm gonna see how you guys guarded. And I thought maybe over the course of the game, Maxi had a couple of moments where he didn't deliver the right passes or they're inaccurate. They took him to different spots on the floor. Um, but you know, today, I think in the fourth quarter, he hit and beat on that short roll over and over again, and the Raptors just could not stop it. They just could not stop it, you know? And, and the Raptors did go small, which is not too surprising, especially when you're down a big amount of points. You definitely want to go smaller and, and, and get some quick opportunities to break and, and transition for three. Um, and then maybe if you get into the tie game, then you bring in your, your center, to, like Yak, to, to to match up with Embiid. But that small ball group just had nothing um, for, for that pick and roll. I mean... In the past, the Raptors would switch some of those pick and rolls, but that was with Harden and Embiid. And the thing is, you could switch some of those pick and rolls with Harden and Embiid because you could switch that assignment and, you know, um, what you could do is, like, you could at least live with Harden playing one-on-one against one of your wings. Like, sometimes that killed the Raptors, but a lot of times it didn't. You know, but Maxi in this case, he's just too tough. He's too tough for that. Um, And so after a couple of possessions of the Raptors going small, um, you know, Okay, Darko calls timeout. He puts in, uh, Yak to close, and even with that in, it still didn't really change anything. You know, I think the the only thing that really accomplished was you know one super hard foul on Embiid, where Embiid was posting up Yak and trying to pivot and post or whatever, and just nudge his way to, into a free throw. And uh, OG came over with the help and and bit on the the pump fake by Embiid and ended up crashing on him. Uh, it was a bit of a hard fall on Embiid, but he was okay and, and made the free throws. But yeah, the Raptors just had no options for that. And and listen, even if you get into a tight game, even if you did bring it back, I don't know what the Raptors had that was nearly as good as that because I think Scottie to a certain degree was fading, especially in the half court. I think that it the start was awesome, but the rest of the game he was just he was just good. You know, uh, you know, and and OG had, had a couple of nice rolling finishes, but I didn't think he took enough threes. He turned down a three. The Raptors had this one possession where they turned down like four open threes. And they kept trying to swing to get a slightly better shot, but it's like, you know, ultimately all they did was end up turning the ball over uh, for one of their 19 of the game. So, you know, that was a, that was an issue. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know where the Raptors are getting their half-court offense from, especially in this matchup where the Sixers are super aggressive and super physical. I, I just didn't see it. You know, sometimes you get it from, from Dennis, and Dennis, once again, with 10 assists, so... Um that that, you know, he I think he did a really good job, but I wouldn't necessarily look at Dennis as my closer in the same way that like, okay, end of the game. I you know, I know who I'm going to. You know, and there's again baseball analogy wise, like Maxi and MB pick and rolls, like bringing in, you know, Mariano Rivera out of the bullpen for the ninth. Like it's it's it doesn't matter. Like you're you're done, right? Like they're gonna throw that cutter every single time. It's gonna be pick and roll every single time. But like I, I just didn't think the Raptors even had that element, but ultimately it was a good fight. Like um, it was a competitive game, very fun game. Definitely gets your blood boiling watching the Sixers. You know, I think they're, um, you know, as close as it comes to like a mortal enemy of the Raptors. You know, historically, but also even in more recent times. Nick joining them. I made an analogy on the show today with uh, Mike- Michael Levin of uh, the Ricky Sanchez podcast. We had him on the show today. And it's kind of made the analogy that you know Nick Nurse joining um Joel and bringing over all the secrets that the Raptors use to stop Joel to get him to be better than that it's it's you know it's it's you know it's like uh Anakin getting um getting you know Emperor Palpatine in his ear I think Embiid's really fully ready to take that next jump to be Darth Vader but like it's uh, it's a tough matchup, man. It's been a really tough matchup. I think that you know, even small things like Patrick Beverly coming in and, and bullying you, like the fact that he comes in twenty-eight minutes, goes one for six, misses wide-open threes, but the the chaos and the sort of the frustration he caused, um, you know, it's like it's like what he said on the pod, but I think in the same way, it's like this is what he does. He he kind of like tests your toughness in that way. And with these bullies, you either punch him in the face and you keep moving, uh or you end up getting bullied and the Raptors consistently do get bullied in this situation. So whether you want to say that's no dogs or not or whatever, but like, I I mean, you know, to some degree, I think his, his mind tricks or or even his dares are working. It's not entirely dissimilar from years past when Paul Pierce would say like Raptors don't have it, for example. It's like, yeah, you know, like I I, I could kind of see that a little bit at least. Right. Because that's what Pat Bev does to you. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just thought the Sixers played really well overall. Kelly Oubre had a really good game too. And um, you know their top twos are top two, like that's that's really nice. So uh, I don't think there's too much shame in losing this one. I, I don't think the Raptors are on the level of the Sixers. I've been really impressed with how they started the season. Real chance it could have been four and zero, honestly. I mean, it, they, you know, the Bucks had a crazy game to, on opening night. Uh, you know, you know what? What Lillard had like thirty nine or whatever, but they had a really good chance to win that one too, and so. They'll get stronger and stronger, but I'm going to wrap the show here. Your three stars from tonight's uh, performance. Your first I'll go to Scotty Barnes. I believe Scotty has gone six first stars to start the year. Like, he's literally had the first star every single game, and, and he's played that way. He's been the Raptors' best player. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 9 of 16 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 4 of 4 from the foul line. Liked his focus. I like the fact that even though he had the ball a lot, only one turnover, the Raptors had some turnover issues with the rest of the guys. Even Dennis, who's been really, really good at protecting the ball, had some turnovers late that were a little costly, so... Yeah, I mean, but Scotty, I mean, the way he started this game was just sensational. If you can just watch the first 6 minutes of Scotty Barnes, um I mean, it's just like I knew you can't no one could physically keep that up, but like what he did was kind of ridiculous. So, uh his breakout continues to happen and um, you know, it is what it is, but uh, you know, I you, you if you look at the bigger picture, the number 1 thing you would have wanted from this season is for Scotty Barnes to make a star jump like this, and he is doing that. So, um yeah, I know I know that's not a win, but you know, it's a win in the bigger picture I suppose. Uh your second star from tonight's performance probably go with OG. OG had a really nice one here. 16 points, four rebounds and assist, uh, a block as well. That was on Embiid. Um yeah, I mean, look, he was asked to guard Max, he was guard to ask asked to guard Embiid, you know, um have a super heavy workload. Uh made a couple of really difficult rolling finishes. I thought he did a decent job of attacking on the roll. The Sixers threw a lot of like, you know, surprise surprise and you know nick nurse uh but like he he threw a lot of chunky defenses at the raptors and so og did a really good job of adapting to a lot of moving targets and uh you know getting to his spots and finishing um you know i think you definitely would have wanted to see more than two or four three-point attempts but ultimately like i think he actually played a really good game inside the paint as well so credit to him and he had the hardest defensive job of anyone by far uh yak being a close second just being leaned on by Embiid the whole game like yeah he had no chance and then your third star probably go with dennis again 31 minutes 13 points 10 assists uh three rebounds a steal three turnovers uh, i mean look listen i wouldn't criticize three turnovers typically but i mean like he's done such a good job of taking care of the ball that some of those did stand out um couldn't really get the threes to drop all that much today I wasn't really looking for them as much either um, but I thought he did a good job of balancing when to attack, when not to attack. You know, I think that the organization consistently brings to the offense is really nice. Another really nice dime to Jakob tonight too. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, what can you say? Like uh, this is a really good you know performance and and defensively, I think he did a good job against Maxi as well. Gave maximum effort as you would expect. And even in the second half, when he was switched off of Maxie, uh, when OG took over Maxie and, and, and Dennis was on Melton, he even forced Melton into a turnover for a strip in full court pressure. And uh, that led to a Scotty Barnes dunk. So, you know, been really happy with what Dennis has brought to both the Raptors and also the Raptors show. Shameless plug. Uh, your Gerald Henderson award winner. Um, it's got to be Kelly Oubre again 23 points, five rebounds. I know he had that same kind of stat line against the Raptors in the first game. I mean, I can't believe how well he was shooting the three, honestly. Like the Sixers made nine threes all, all game, and he made five of them. <laughs> so, like, you know, uh, credit to him. Honestly, credit to him. But, you know, the Sixers got a number of good performances tonight. Like, Furcan Korkmaz gave them some nice minutes. Free Furcan, all right? Like, you know, maybe if he makes a fourth trade request, you uh, can get out. But, you know, he played well. And uh, even, Matt, even, even Harris, I thought, played a really, really good game too. So... That does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone so for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to The Raptor Show wherever you listen to the podcast. Make sure you leave those reviews. Uh, and uh, I'll check back in with you tomorrow on The Raptor Show at 2 p.m. ET.